what exactly makes up payroll taxes? We've got FICA, FUDA, SUDA, we have Medicare tax, and there's various limits and authorities and just a lot that goes into the makeup of payroll taxes, not to forget that there's also self-employed taxes if you're a Schedule C. And frankly, when you're trying to navigate the differences in all these things and understand what they are, it can get pretty confusing as with most areas of tax. So today on the podcast, we are going to go through exactly what those things are, the various limits as they are right now in 2024, and hopefully get you some clarity so that you can go into this year feeling more empowered with your payroll and payroll taxes. Let's get to it. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or for QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really foreign? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from clients who used to feel this way. They felt overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish that they could stop the financial madness. They want a clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics, know who to call they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS, but they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm kept them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy to understand financial tips and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. Dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. This is one of the areas that I probably get the most questions when it comes to a newer business owner, someone that maybe hasn't been in business for a very long time, a year or less, or within a couple of years, and they're trying to navigate what these various payroll taxes are. Oftentimes, it's someone that is filing on their Schedule C, or maybe they're newly elected on an S-Corp trying to be in compliance with the rules with the IRS that say that you have to pay yourself a salary, a reasonable compensation. And so it is super common for a newer business owner to get a little confused when it comes to payroll taxes and self-employed taxes, because they are not the same as when you worked for somebody else. When you work for somebody else, you go in, you do your job, you get a W-2, Most likely, all of the taxes that you need to pay are withheld or pretty close to it if you don't have other streams of income. And so at the end of the year, you typically get a refund. When you work for yourself, it is very different than that. When you work for yourself, you often aren't withholding enough tax. You have various other taxes, and then you're responsible for making sure that all of these different forms, the W-2 and the payroll tax deposits and EFTPS and all this stuff has to be handled with the government. And just even rattling this off, I am chuckling inside because it is no wonder that most people are so confused because it's a lot and it can be overwhelming. And so I wanted to go through the various aspects of payroll taxes, explain the difference between paying yourself a W-2 and a compensation from your business versus being a Schedule C and having a self-employed tax and what those differences are on today's episode so that hopefully you understand a little bit more about this and it's not as confusing. That's the whole reason why I do this podcast is to get you clarity on your small business finances because it doesn't be that confusing. It You know, the IRS and 
Congress and all this, they I think they want it to be confusing. <laughs> they don't want it to be super easy, that it doesn't need to be super complex. I'm not saying you need to be an expert in small business finance by any means. You should be partnering with someone who is an expert, but you need to at least know enough to where you understand what's happening on a high level perspective and you know what's going on in your business finances. So let's get to it. There is, we'll start with the difference between if you are a Schedule C, a single member LLC or a sole proprietor versus someone getting a W-2, like in an S-Corp. First of all, if you are a single member LLC or a sole proprietor, you do not pay yourself a W-2. The IRS actually says you should not be paying yourself a W-2. First things first, as a single member LLC or sole proprietor, Basically, how your payroll taxes get paid is through what's called self-employment tax. It is 15.3% of the profits in your business. That accounts for both the employee side of the payroll taxes and the employer side of the payroll taxes, because now that you own a business, you are both. You're, you're both the employee and the employer. And so when you send them payroll taxes, you have to account for both of those things. And the self-employment tax of 15.3% does that for you. Conversely, when you work for somebody else and you have an employer and you're being paid a W-2 by somebody else, a third party, they pay half of those payroll taxes. And so that's probably the biggest hit as a business owner is that you're having to pay for both sides when it comes to your own wages. For any employees that you have, obviously you're the employer. So you're only paying half of the payroll taxes on their behalf. But that 15.3% accounts for both sides of the taxes. And it's on all profits. So if you make $100,000 in profit in your business and you're a single member LLC, you're paying 15.3% of that, regardless of how much you technically should be paying yourself if you were paying a third party, someone that wasn't you. If you were paying somebody else, a third party, someone at arm's length, then you would likely pay them a different wage. It would be something that would be representative of a market rate out there. And so that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people elect S-Corp is because they're trying to reduce that overall self-employment tax and reduce how much they're paying themselves. Obviously, you have to make sure that you're not getting aggressive with that because the IRS does want you to pay yourself what would be reasonable, what you would pay somebody else for those same task and duties and, and that sort of thing. So then once you get in as an S-Corp and you are paying yourself a W-2, at that point, you are getting a wage, you are set up on payroll, you are still having to pay the employer and the employee side of payroll taxes, which is the 15.3%. That doesn't change. It The, the amount that you are paying that 15.3% on changes. It's not net income at this point, the profit of the business. It's whatever you're paying yourself. Let's say you set yourself up on a salary of $50,000. Then you're only paying that 15.3% on the $50,000 that you're paying yourself a salary. And anything beyond that on the profit in the business is not taxed with the self-employment tax when you're an escort. Real quick caveat, partnerships do not pay themselves a wage. So if you are in a partnership, you should not be getting a W-2 in your business the IRS actually says that's not how that works. So this really is only applicable to S-Corps and corporations. Once you have the employer and the employee side of payroll taxes, let's dig into what is that? What makes up 
the 15.3%. It is Social Security and Medicare tax is what makes up that 15.3%. It's 12.4% for Social Security tax and then 2.9% for Medicare. And those two numbers combined equal the 15.3%. Now there are limits. So for Social Security tax, anything more, anything paid on your wages more than 168,600, you actually hit a threshold where you don't have any more Social Security tax on those wages. So if you pay yourself $175,000 on your W-2 for your business, then the difference between the $175,000 and the limit, the cap, at the 168,600, that the arbitrage between those two numbers, you don't pay Social Security tax on because there is a threshold. And then on Medicare tax, there is no threshold for that. You always pay Medicare tax regardless of how much you pay yourself on wages. But what happens on the Medicare side of things is that anything over $200,000 in wages, let's say you take a check home of 250,000, there's actually additional Medicare tax for any wages over $200,000. That tax right now is 2.35% for the employee side. It ends up being the total 2.9% plus an additional 0.9%. Essentially, they tax the employee additional wages, so at an additional tax. And without getting too deep in the weeds, I don't want this to be too confusing because it's a lot of numbers and numbers can sometimes make our eyes crossed. There oftentimes is an additional tax. If you have ever dug into your 1040, sometimes you'll actually see an additional Medicare tax on your 1040 if it wasn't actually calculated properly for from the side of your employer, or in this case, from you on your W-2. They'll actually have that additional tax that is due and you end up owing more money on your 1040 because they're going to get it regardless if you send it in when you pay the W-2 or if you don't, you're going to have to pay it on your 1040 because they want that additional tax. Now, <clears throat> once you have the Social Security and the Medicare, again, that makes up the 15.3% either self-employment tax or the employee and employer side of things. Again, those are synonymous. Those are one and the same. Those are payroll taxes, regardless of how you want to call them. Once you get past that, there are other payroll taxes that are required. There's a state payroll tax. Oftentimes, this is referred to as SUTA, which is state employment tax, S-U-T-A. By state, it varies on the number of agencies that require additional tax, sometimes there's an unemployment insurance is how they refer to it. Sometimes it's just an unemployment tax. In Texas, it's the Texas Workforce Commission, and we have one tax, and that tax is on wages paid up to $9,000 annually. So typically, the first quarter of the year, you have these extra taxes for the state and federal, and I'll talk about that in just a second. And then there's a cap on the wages that you have this tax on. So in Texas, this is $9,000 for the first $9,000 of the wages get an extra tax. That extra tax is calculated by the state. Each state is different. It is usually based on unemployment claims. 
if you have never had an unemployment claims and you've had this account with the state for however long years and you don't have claims, then typically your rate is going to go down. If you end up having a lot of claims, maybe you have a layoff and a lot of people have unemployment and they're looking to get some unemployment compensation, then your rate is going to go up as a result. So it is a factor and a function of the number of claims that are being submitted with the state authority by your employees claiming unemployment insurance this unemployment compensation. It's one of those things where you want to make sure, especially if you have employees other than yourself, that you manage that unemployment insurance with the state closely. You want to monitor it because it is not uncommon to get an unemployment claim from sometimes a disgruntled employee. Maybe they had no actual claim to the unemployment insurance, but they're trying to get a check and wanting to get paid while they continue looking for a job. But they are not to do that unemployment compensation. If they quit, typically the, the rule of thumb is if they quit, then they don't get unemployment compensation from the state. They would have to be laid off or sometimes fired. It kind of depends on how basically conservative or liberal the state is and what their rules are. And some are much more pro-employee than others. It just depends. You're going to have to look at your state authority and see what their rules are, regulations. But if you ever get an unemployment claim, you want to make sure that you address that claim, send the state the right information that they're asking for. And the other thing is one thing that we saw, <clears throat> especially during COVID, was a, a large influx of people that were acting like they worked for you and submitting employment, unemployment claims. And if you looked at it, you had no idea either who they were, like you didn't know the name, or more likely, it was the name of someone who worked for you, that that person had not sub submitted a claim. I actually had an issue back during COVID where my office manager, who had been with me for a while, all of a sudden I get this unemployment claim with her name on it from the state of Texas. And I'm like, what is this? So I asked her, because she still worked for me. She was an active employee. I asked her what was going on. And she said, I have no idea what that is. So I got with the state. It was actually fraud. So be very cognizant. Be aware of getting those claims and then handling them, making sure that they are not only legit and from a fraudulent perspective, but that the employee actually is owed that because it does impact your overall tax rate. If you are just allowing all these unemployment claims to go through when in reality that employee was not due that unemployment compensation. So that's the state side, the state unemployment tax. Now <laughs> there is a federal unemployment tax, what is called FUDA or FUDA tax. That federal unemployment tax is paid on a form 941. It's a federal IRS form that is paid in January of every year for the prior year's payroll taxes. That federal unemployment tax, there is a wage cap on that of $7,000. So the first $7,000 of wages that are paid have this tax on it. And for 2024, that is a 6% tax on those first $7,000 of wages. That is on the whole, payroll taxes. And even just explaining this and going through it, as you can tell, it can be pretty complicated. 
I will say it is my personal opinion that the best thing to do is have someone do your payroll tax or excuse me, your payroll for you. Payroll just gets really complicated, especially if you operate in a remote environment and you have employees that are in multiple jurisdictions and authorities, maybe you have them over multiple states. It really does pay to have someone help you with your payroll taxes because the laws per state and even down to city, I didn't even talk about taxes for cities. We don't have payroll tax by city or county here in Texas, but there are states that do. And you get into this really complex web (laughs) of rules that you need to make sure that you're following. And so having someone much like federal taxes, when you're trying to file your federal taxes with the IRS and your state tax for your income, it's important to have someone who really knows what they're doing. It's the same way for payroll. You want to make sure you have someone that knows what you're doing. And so I hope this has been helpful because it's another area, if you think about it, 15.3% of tax on your profit if you're a Schedule C or on the wages that you pay, that's a lot. If you are overpaying yourself on your salary, you could easily be paying a lot more taxes than what you should be paying. And you really need to be looking at the overall tax picture. It's not just federal income tax. It's not just state income tax. There's payroll tax. There's so many different taxes. We are taxed out the hilt on so many levels. And most people just don't think about how much we're taxed. And so all of these different areas matter and add up. So if you're overpaying yourself in your wages, while it may feel really good to be bringing home a W-2 that pays you $250,000 a year as a business owner, I would just, I would challenge you to consider that it is possible that you're overpaying yourself from an ego perspective, not from a, this is what's best for me perspective. (laughs) It's different when you're paying yourself. If you work for somebody else, yes, get the biggest W-2 that you can. Of course, that's what you want to do. If you are paying that wage yourself, if you are overpaying yourself, all you're doing is overpaying in taxes and that's not serving you. So one of the things that we do for our clients when we go through do tax planning and tax reduction is we look to see how much should you be paying yourself for your wages? What is the correct reasonable compensation? Not from an ego perspective, not from it feels really good to pay myself a huge W-2, but from an overall tax perspective, what is the right amount that you should be paying yourself so that you're not overpaying in all areas of tax. And in this particular area, payroll taxes, you want to make sure that you're not overpaying. So if you have not gone through that discovery process with us yet, go to the link in the show notes. We'd love to go through that process and see if it's a good fit, if we can help. If we cannot, I will let you know that. If we can help you, then you're going to know that too. But the great thing is you won't have to wonder anymore if you are overpaying in your tax. So go to the link below. In the show notes, schedule a time with us, and we would just love to go through that process. Also, if you ever have any ideas, suggestions for the show, things that you're curious about that you would love for me to highlight, feel free to shoot me an email and let me know what your question is, and I will gladly highlight your question in the show. And lastly, be sure to leave me a five-star review. It really helps 
to get the word out and help simplify small business finance because it does not have to be this complicated. And with that, thank you so much. I always appreciate you showing up and listening to me and I cannot wait until next time.